Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Fred Barnes. And Fred, you had a great piece in the Wall Street Journal today about the lengths to which uh, Harry Reid is going to desperately hold the Senate in the hands of Democrats and lengths on the likes of which you've never seen before. Well, you know, I've only been reporting about Senate campaigns and other elements of politics for 40 years, so what do <laughs> I know? But, uh, but in any case, Harry Reid has done things that are unprecedented. In the first place, uh, he has uh, changed the candidates after uh, after the primaries in, uh, in Kansas to begin with, where the Democratic Party has kicked out their nominated candidate, Chad Taylor, who was running third uh, in polls, and has even gone to the Kansas Supreme Court to make sure his name is not on the ballot. Because now, to defeat Pat Roberts, the Republican incumbent, uh, they are behind Greg uh, Orman, who is running as an independent, uh, although he's not very independent. His background is that he's run before as a Democrat, hired Democrats to work for his campaign, and now he says, oh, I can't tell you who uh, I would caucus with if I'm elected to the Senate, Republicans or Democrats. Well, that, I think that tells to me that he's going to uh, join uh, Democrats in the same way that Angus King, an independent in Maine, did a few years ago and is still caucusing with the Democrats and, and helps give them a majority. Um, and then in Montana, uh, when uh, Harry Reid discovered that uh, that Max Baucus, uh, the senator there for many decades, uh, was going to retire in 2014, he, uh, he panicked and got President Obama uh, to nominate um, Max Baucus is the ambassador to China, and he's gone off to China, so they could then pick in Montana, and the governor's a Democrat, pick in Montana an incumbent, uh, and his name happened to be John Walsh, the lieutenant governor, and then he'd be the incumbent in 2000, in the election on November 4th. Well, of course, this sort of backfired because John Walsh turned out to be a plagiarizer, and he had to uh, withdraw from the campaign, but, but just think of Harry Reid's efforts, and, and the lengths he's gone. And he's done this with his Senate Majority PAC, which is going to spend over $40 million against uh, uh, Republicans in many, many states, uh, where uh, particularly the Democratic incumbents are jeopardized. And, and then the stuff he's done on the Senate floor, you know, making sure that uh, uh, Democrats wouldn't have to vote for things uh, that, one, he doesn't want them to vote for, uh, and two, um, might hurt them politically. Uh, the result has been that uh, the Senate has done practically nothing, which is actually, uh, which is really kind of funny. But this actually hurts some Democratic incumbents because they don't have anything to brag about uh, when they're campaigning and and in their ads because they haven't done anything, they haven't achieved anything. Uh, you know, Fred, so it's, it's interesting. It, it really is unprecedented. And it's interesting that uh, there are a lot of people who say the Republican brand is very damaged, and I happen to agree with them. I think it is terribly damaged, and yet as bad as the brand mm -hmm. is hurt. In in uh, Republican states, Democrats are running as non-Democrats are running against Democrats, and yet in blue states, uh, Scott um, uh, Brown is surprisingly competitive in New Hampshire. Uh, Charlie Baker, the Republican nominee for governor in Massachusetts, is in a neck-and-neck -neck race in blue Massachusetts, and in places like Michigan uh, and Oregon, even if the Republicans may not end up winning, they're in competitive races. Could it be that uh, Harry Reid's biggest enemy is President Barack Obama. Indeed, you know, I'm, I'm I can be kind of a pessimist, uh, at least from a, a conservative standpoint about some of these races, 
And I thought, gee, with this war against ISIS in Iraq, you know, the president, he's now war president, and that's going to improve his uh, approval rating, which will help uh, Democratic candidates around the country. Well, his rating has not gone up. And in some southern states, it's down in the low 30s even. Uh, so the, uh, and this jeopardizes uh, Democratic candidates, particularly because uh, the basic Republican message in many of these Senate races is, look, my Democratic opponent uh, votes with Obama 97% of the time for Obamacare, uh, voted for cap and trade, uh, voted for uh, uh, the stimulus package, which didn't seem to stimulate much, voted for Dodd-Frank and so on. And if Obama's more popular, well, that's harder to beat the incumbent uh, uh, senators. But with his uh, approval rating down, uh, it makes it much easier. In Georgia, you have a businessman, David Perdue, who is getting the mm -hmm. full-on Mitt Romney treatment. Uh, he's rich. He hurts women. He hates women. He didn't pay women. They brought up a, a business that he bought because you know, he dealt in large businesses that had to shut down a factory in North Carolina, a different state. And they brought all these women mm -hmm. who worked in the factory to literally cry on television because they lost their jobs. And the entire Purdue response has been, Michelle Nunn will vote with Obama. Have a nice day. And mm -hmm. as of right now, mm -hmm. it appears to be working. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, you have a shift. One of the things that, uh, that listeners need to realize is, uh, earlier in the campaign, in that one and in others, uh, the polls were registered voters. Well, that helps Democrats. But when you get down to likely voters in a presidential race, but particularly in a midterm election, it helps Republicans. It means the voters are older, they're more conservative, and so on. Um, and so produce ahead. You know, what hurts Michelle Obama is, uh, rather Michelle Nunn is, but she's not really from Georgia. She grew up in the Washington area as I did, went to private school in Washington, D.C. Her father, obviously, was Sam Nunn, the senator. And, and she has nothing to say in the campaign herself. Is she for Obamacare? Well, who knows? I mean, she's not saying, and, and other issues. Ultimately, that catches up with you, and so they, that's why they've gone totally negative, and, uh, that may hurt Purdue, but, uh, I, but I think not enough in a state like Georgia. And then that's the point, which is that while Harry Reid has these tools, he has all this money that's been raised, for example, by President Obama, mm -hmm. he's having to use the money to cover up the damage done by President Obama because the uh, mm -hmm. president's poll numbers are so low and the support and then being a senator in his party is so harmful that even this tidal wave of money and negative attacks and the stuff that worked in 2012 isn't able to work apparently thus far in 2014. No, I think that's right, and particularly now, what's the election day is a little under five weeks away, and uh, Republicans and Democrats, uh, after Democrats having outspent Republicans up to now by a lot, and particularly in the Senate races, the spending is going to be closer to even in the last few weeks, and that will help Republicans. You know, one of the races uh, that showed where you can overcome uh, Harry Reid's big spending was Arkansas. Tom Cotton, the Republican, was pounded last spring by ads uh, against him by the uh, Senate Majority Fund of Harry Reid and other uh, Democratic super PACs, and his numbers were hurt, you know, both his approval rating and his head-to-head -head with incumbent Mark Pryor. Well, he, he's responded. Republicans have stepped in with ads, his campaign has, and he's now ahead, and I think it's, uh, it's not quite conceded that he'll win, but uh, his chances are, are awfully good that he'll be elected in Arkansas.
Uh, is Harry Reid a figure similar to the Koch brothers for Democrats that Republicans can actually use, that he's been so obstructionist, so mean-spirited, he's run so many ads that have gotten four Pinocchios that people can now point at him and say, you're really going to vote for my opponent? There, He's going to be with that guy. Yeah, Michael, that's such a great question, and you've touched on one of my pet peeves. My pet peeve is the media uh, protecting Harry Reid. You know, they write about the Koch brothers all the time, or they write about the obstructionists in the House Republican Party and so on. The biggest obstructionist in Washington is Harry Reid. You know, we've written stories about him, including one very big one by Mike Warren, at least in Georgia, but uh, writes for us about all the stuff Harry Reid has done as an obstructionist. I thought it might provoke the mainstream media into picking up on that theme. Uh, no, they haven't at all. They protect Harry Reid. You think he was a guy that would just... You know, he's not at all like the Koch brothers <laughs> spending all this money in campaigns, and he's not, uh, you know, he's just one who wants the best for America and to get things through the Senate, you know. But and this is the mainstream media at its worst. Uh, one last question for you, Fred. If we, if we could get the gang from the Washington Post and Politico and the New York Times to sit down, and you could show them one thing, one strategy when it comes to the Senate that Harry Reid has used, either on voting or issues that he's killed, which one would you point at? Um, well, I, I guess I pointed to uh, the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, he will not let uh, he will not let a uh, an up or down vote come on that. I mean, the president could still uh, veto anything they passed on it, but it would make it harder for the president. And there are and, and there are two reasons here. Uh, there are Democrats uh, building the pipeline, and and it would be a vote that would be for I don't know whether it'd be in maybe 58, 60 votes in favor of building the pipeline. Harry Reid doesn't want that. But the truth is, the it's the embattled senators, uh, like Begich in Alaska and Landrieu in, in Louisiana and Mark Cryer in Arkansas and, and even Jay Hagan in North Carolina and some others who would like to vote for it because it would help their campaigns, these Democratic campaigns. So uh, Harry Reid, by denying a vote on that and the medical devices tax and so on, is actually hurting the campaigns uh, of some Democratic candidates. It really does raise the question of how the you can be a national party if you're going to let one edge, the fringe, the far left, you know, environmental, green, Obama edge of the party control the whole party because you're right, he's leaving these senators in moderate states high and dry. I mean, think about mm -hmm. poor Jean Shaheen and what she could be doing if she if he'd let mm -hmm. her some of her legislation pass and he's it's more important to him that he suck up to uh liberal billionaires who fund his PAC than it is for his own mm -hmm. Senate members. You know, you would think I mean uh, uh, Tom Steyer, the San Francisco billionaire who was uh attacking uh, Republican candidates with millions of dollars on on environmental issues you think he's the only uh, uh, Democratic big donor uh, who exists. And, uh, and, of course, he's nothing compared to the Koch brothers who are uh, spending a lot of money. There are many, many big billionaire Democratic donors uh, who are very active in this race, uh, this midterm election, and you never hear anything about them. The Koch brothers, uh, <laughs> here's the good news about, about the Koch brothers as a, as a target of Democrats. When you're doing ads on television about the Koch brothers, and then if you're a Democratic incumbent, you're saying the Koch brothers are giving money to your Republican opponent, what you're doing is you're taking uh, the spotlight off anything you might say uh, in your campaign. 
And, uh, and you're also talking about somebody who's not the candidate opposing you. You're talking about somebody who's given some money to his campaign. And that's, uh, I think that's a distraction that doesn't help the Democratic candidate. Very good. I, I'm going to be with you. You heard it here first, folks. Fred Barnes predicts neither Koch brother will be elected to the U.S. Senate. That is your prediction, right? <laughs> we'll stick it with that one. Prediction. Fred Barnes, I'm thanks so much for joining us here for the podcast. I enjoyed it, Michael. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates.